0: You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast for and by Rockies fans on Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello and welcome to Affected by Altitude, the Colorado Rockies podcast on Rocky Mountain Rooftop, a proud affiliate of the Fans for Sports Network. I'm your host, Evan Lang, and with me as always is Skyler Timmons on a cold, cold, cold
1: weekend in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I may be probably, what, 2,000 feet above you, but I'm warmer this morning. It's because you're closer to the sun. Yes. Or something. <laughs> Oh, it was we were in it gets like into the negatives at night, but during the day while the sun's shining, it's not as bad.
0: That's how a lot of the temperatures have been recently, even on like we've had those so many of those unseasonably warm days, but then it gets gets to night the sun goes down and it's just so cold. It was really crazy the other day. I got home and it was it was feeling really cold outside, but the sun was still up. As soon as the sun went down, it dropped fast like it went from
1: 22 to about eight degrees in a matter of about an hour or so (laughs) at least it's at least it's not windy that's what i'm always happy about in the winter time because especially here in the san luis valley in southern colorado during the winter like it regularly gets down to like negative 30 at least once during the winter we're usually at some point the coldest place in the nation and a big part of that is wind chill but when it starts snowing and then the wind chill, wind comes, creates Ooh. these giant drifts because we're a high mountain valley desert. We're pretty flat inside the valley itself. And so uh, the roads tend to drift. And growing up, <laughs> we'd wait for the school bus every morning. And we would just dread if there were snow drifts because we'd watch the bus driving. And then all of a sudden it comes to a slow halt. And we're like, uh-oh. <laughs> So we'd have to call up our neighbor and he'd run out over with his like, little tractor and dig out the school bus.
0: Yeah. It's a little, a little different where I'm at. Cause we're, we're kind of in like a bucket is, is how I like to call it where like a lot of the surrounding areas are higher up. Um, so it tends to get a little bit colder sometimes where I'm at than some of the surrounding areas though. It's been cold all around here. Um, I certainly don't envy you're talking about wind chill, Um, time of recording you know we usually record on saturdays we've got that uh kansas city chiefs miami dolphins playoff game where the wind chill is expected to be about negative 30 yeah those are awful i do not envy the players for playing in that situation and i think any of the fans who show up are crazy people Mm -hmm. uh what is i think it's expected to be the second coldest game by wind chill in nfl history behind the ice bowl which had a negative uh negative 48 wind chill Uh, One of my favorite stories from that is that the metal referee whistles were sticking to the referee's lips. And then when they tried to take them out of their mouth, it would rip all the skin off their lips so they would bleed. But then the blood didn't have time to uh, scab or clot, so it just froze. And eventually they stopped using their whistles and they were just shouting to stop the plays. (laughs) Yikes. So not exactly baseball weather. Mm hmm. Although but, I have played in some blizzards. So of the Rockies, technically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's uh home the home snopener against the Braves a couple of years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh but speaking of baseball, because we are a baseball podcast. What? Uh, I know, surprising. <laughs> well one of us is wearing You're
1: telling me this now? <laughs> I mean,
0: you're wearing baseball stuff. What? <laughs> 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 but the colorado rockies, our beloved train wreck of a baseball team, held together with duct tape and dreams like my headphones. after last week when we had patrick on the show and they had just signed uh dakota hudson and jacob stallings to one-year contracts, have really done a whole lot of nothing uh in terms of the free agent market that includes uh, something I'm a little sore about is that we did not sign a Japanese pitcher, a finesse ground ball style pitcher that fits perfectly into the Rockies mold. Now Yuki Uwasawa um, at the posting deadline, he ended up going on a minor league deal to the Tampa Bay Rays, which tells you that he was affordable, but rumor has it, the Rockies aren't quite done with, um, with their moves here
1: yeah it's nice because we shout out to thomas harding we always reference him mlb.com reporter for the rockies does a lot of that heavy lifting he's in the trenches and when we do get like news and rumors a lot of the time it's going to come straight from from thomas and his his weekly newsletter in the off season I believe now, so. He has his newsletter, like a lot of the beat reporters from MLB. dot com, which highly recommend subscribing to it. I think they come out usually every Wednesday, which is really annoying for me because it cues <laughs> up Evan for his rock pile in the off season for articles that we link. Because Evan, nobody's writing about the Rockies on a Tuesday. <laughs> It
0: is so hard to find news like the the expectation for these rock piles is that we link to outside news sources um, just to sort of spread around word and and link to other people's articles. But we're at the time of year where there's nothing happening and that makes it even harder to, to just find anything. But Thomas Harding is always great because he's out there and he's got this newsletter going. But according to Thomas Harding, the Rockies have one more move that they really want to make. And that is they want to sign a left-handed bench outfielder.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. A depth piece is what Thomas described as is a, a left hand or an outfield depth piece that can play preferably all three positions, but really we're thinking they want an extra center fielder and preferably hits left-handed. Now, that would be the preference is that they bat from the left side of the plate. Doesn't rule out bringing in a right-hander or something, but the preference would be on a lefty, which you no know, makes sense that they want to do something like this. But it just, part of that, if you look at the free agent market, there's not a lot out there. Like, for purely depth pieces, like, yeah, there's plenty of options. But knowing how the Rockies operate, we know that whoever they would sign that's a depth outfield piece that can play all three positions would somehow end up playing more than maybe we would want them to. It's just the yeah. nature of the beast.
0: There's a, there is a there is a decent chunk of left-handed hitters out there, but not a ton that are hitting the uh, criteria that it would seem the Rockies want. Uh, one name I will throw out there that is a left-handed bench option is Joey Votto. Uh, who is, according to him, being courted by a couple different teams, which if the Rockies sign Joey Votto to a, a, a one-year or two-year deal, that would be a very Rockies move. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah, yeah, but they want an outfield piece.
0: <clears throat> so Votto wouldn't fit that mold. But he's got that that sweet, sweet veteranosity <laughs> that the Rockies love. like. I get it. He doesn't fit at all. It would just be another wrench thrown into what to do with Chris Bryant, what to do with all these corner infielders that we have, but it would be an extremely Rockies move to sign Votto. Yeah. I wouldn't hate it. Like it, it would be stupid, but I wouldn't hate it just because I love Joey Votto. Yeah. But the the main focus is going to be on these left-handed hitting outfielders. There are a couple names that have come up. I think the. The one that's been the most talked about is uh, Travis Jankowski. Mm-hmm. I have no idea he was 32 already because I remember when he was just coming into the league with the Padres. Um, Jankowski's never been an incredible hitter, but he has a little bit of the clutch. He has not a, not a lot of power, but he's got... Decent enough legs. And the main thing is that he is a pretty good fielder uh, capable of playing all three defense positions in the outfield. Uh, Most recently, Jankowski was a a pretty crucial bench piece, having honestly one of his better seasons in a while in 107 games with the World Series champion Texas Rangers, where he Mm -hmm. had 263, 357, 332 in 287 plate appearances had 30 rbi stole 19 bases uh drew 35 walks to just 42 strikeouts and had 12 doubles only one home run because you know not a power hitter but that's a honestly a pretty solid bench option to have especially with the injuries that the rangers were dealing with going into the playoffs of having jankowski around i i he was a really helpful piece for them. And if you look at uh, how he was in the postseason, he hit pretty well in the postseason. Uh, You know, not incredible, but he had a double and drew, um, had a double, drew a walk, didn't strike out. Granted, only eight plate appearances, so not a huge sample size. But, hey, you'll take that.
1: Yeah. And, And personally for me, if they were to go get an outfield depth piece, I think, yeah, Jankowski fits the bill of kind of what they're looking for of, you know, and here's some more connections drafted by the Padres in 2012. So when did Bud Black stop managing the Padres 2015, 2014? So somewhere, I think there's that crossover where Bud Black was manager of the Padres when it he was drafted made, uh, 2015. Yeah. So, and he debuted in 2015. So, there's there's that connection there where you no know, he he fits that bill of you no know, yeah he's not a heavy hitter, but you know, he's a guy you can trust to go out there every once in a while, maybe a late defensive replacement. he can fill all three outfield positions pretty well. I think a twenty two defensive run saved in his career in the outfield has positive marks at all three positions so if they're looking for a purely all-around outfielder type of guy, I think he might be the most attractive to them and you know, brings that experience in the postseason and everything. Because if the idea is you want a backup outfielder that can play center field you know, along with Brenton Doyle, Jankowski fits the bill of being able to, to probably handle Coors Field center field pretty easily. And then if all else fails they can really like slot him into right field for extended amount of time. You no know, more and more if they needed to. Yeah. The, I... thing,
0: the thing I don't like about potentially having a guy whose main focus is potentially going to be, you know, backup center fielder as well is that I don't want it to cut into Brenton Doyle's playing time. And what's going to be a really, really crucial, um, Sophomore season for him, but it also sounds like a lot of the murmurings from from around the Rockies and from Thomas Harding is that the Rockies are much more viewing Charlie Blackman as the primary designated hitter versus mm-hmm. both DH and right fielder, which means we also are going to need a guy who can sub into right field in addition to whoever ends up starting in right field, be it you know Tolia Bouchard. Um, probably Chris Bryant on occasion in addition to his first base duties. But another option –
1: no, go ahead. I was going to say, because like those options you mentioned, like Bouchard, um, totally a switch hitter, so he goes both ways. And Hunter Goodman, like the the revolving door of other people, like either on the bench or in that right field mix and first base, a lot of them are right-handed. And so it's the Rockies wanting to diversify that bench a little more and give them some more options – of okay well we can play some matchups maybe uh, be able to throw a guy out there if there's a righty on the on the mound and he hits well against righties we can throw him out there and you no know, maybe take some pressure off of Tolia say Tolia's the starting right fielder well he's struggling against a, a righty right now or vice versa type thing i don't know Get, just just him some options i think but, and and on the mention of Tolia just
0: I still think that the Rockies are at some point going to ask him to stop switch hitting mm-hmm. just because it's a very clear Jekyll and Hyde from each side of the plate. Um, and then that would make it even more crucial if he were to say, choose, you know, hitting only right-handed than to have a lefty who can come in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, options, that's what they need. Now we can go back to what you were going to say.
0: Well, I was about to say another option that, really no one is talking about except for me nobody uh, wants this option what about Raimel tapia no why you don't like our
1: you don't like tippy taps with his swagger con mucho swagger oh that's a whole different thing i don't want the ball player mostly because with the problem with tapia and this is a rehash with a lot of things is why bring back players that were bad on the rockies why bring them back and expect them to not be bad still and that's what Tapia is, is went off, had an okay season with the Toronto Blue Jays, but then gets non-tendered, goes over to the Red Sox, bounced around three different teams in 2023, and crossed 64 games, 236 average, 317 on base, 338 uh, slugging with three home runs and 13 RBI. He's still He's still doing the same old things. Fifty-seven point three percent ground ball rate last year. So it's nothing's changed with Tapian. We've already done that song, song and dance. Yeah, and he's not even that good of an outfielder either. Oh no, negative uh, <laughs> ten career DRS. <laughs> so he doesn't the fit the
0: billet at Though all. Though I will say the majority of his struggles are in right field. He plays a perfectly cromulent center field as well as left field. Um, not like amazing, like literally like league average. At best, left yeah. field and center field. But I then would in right field. He really struggles. Yeah,
1: I would say any of the outfielders we currently have are better outfield options. I would trust Sean Bouchard more than Raimel Tapia. What I will say, I don't think Tapia is a bad player.
0: I don't. Um <laughs> I think honestly for considering he was bouncing around so much, he had a pretty okay season last year no. bouncing around those three teams and he's had a bunch of pretty okay seasons. If we're looking at him solely as a depth option,
1: you could yeah. do worse. If Granted, he's just if he's just chilling in AAA all year and like break glass in case of emergency, then yeah, you can go sign him on a minor league contract, but I'd be absolutely okay with that. Like, but don't sign him with the intent of okay, he's going to be up. You're going to be OF four.
0: You're going like, to be a starter at some point. No, that I that yeah. I definitely agree with. Though I do think you know there's no such thing as a bad minor league contract in my opinion, unless you are signing that minor league contract with the sole idea of we're getting this guy for cheap and he's going to be on the big league roster, like yeah. uh Harold like, Castro, yeah. Mike Mustakis last year.
1: Yeah, because it's like. With Tapia is like, you know what you're getting with him, and it's not really anything that's going to help you offensively type of thing. Yeah. So uh, the,
0: the main reason I, I think of Tapia is he's a known quantity, knows how to play the course field outfield, even if it's just okay at best. And is a a known quantity within the clubhouse. But the third option that there's been some murmurings of is that the Rockies might be interested in acquiring outfielder Trent Grisham, formerly of the San Diego Padres, from the New York Yankees, who acquired him earlier this offseason. And now that's an interesting one, because Grisham is not an amazing hitter. He has... A pretty bad career batting average, mm-hmm. uh, but he can get on base. He he does draw walks, and he's got a pretty decent power stroke where he's got double-digit home runs in the majority of his big league seasons. But the big thing for Grisham is that he is an excellent defender, multi-time gold glove winner. He's He's a good defender.
1: Uh, unless you're talking to a Milwaukee Brewers fan, then they'll be really angry. 2019 wildcard yes <laughs> this yeah grisham's an interesting one for me part of me is like eh, no thanks because it's one thing like i don't want i want my bench pieces to be able to provide some sort of offense that's a little bit more consistent And like yeah the home runs would be nice but if he's that dev piece he's not going to be really playing enough probably to make use of that. And plus, I don't want to trade for him. That's the thing. If he was a free agent right now, like, yeah, you can look at it. But having to give something up and then pay him is what would really no, not be attracting me. Plus, it's the Yankees, and I don't want to touch the Yankees with anything.
0: Yeah, I definitely get that. With With it would be tough because the Yankees apparently are, are looking to clear some 40-man roster spots, so they might be willing to – be a little cheap on Grisham who doesn't exactly slot into their long-term plans. Yeah. You know, if we could get away with trading, not any like big prospects or anything like, like that to obtain him, his contract also wouldn't be that big. I wouldn't have a big problem with it. But if we're looking at parting with anybody really of value to our organization's long-term you Know prospects, I would immediately put the kibosh on that, but he really is a, a good outfielder. You know, 28 career DRS in the outfield, uh, 25 of which is all from center field. Mm-hmm. He's
1: he's pretty good, yeah. So, yeah, purely defensive standpoint, he would be a good fit, plus that experience playing at course field and everything. But it's he would be one of those guys that you wait until the Yankees just drop him on, like, waivers or designate him for assignment. And then you swoop in and grab him. Yeah, and then just try to claim him without having to, like, make a trade or anything.
0: Which is entirely possible that could happen at this point.
1: Which probably will be a lot with a lot of guys. They'll wait until spring training, wait for guys to fall off their rosters. A Jake Cave has been mentioned on MLB Trade Rumors. Like, those type of guys that, oh, they may fall off a roster, and then the Rockies can scoop them up.
0: Well, and and even the Rockies have had to clear guys off the forty man in order to make some moves. You know, Alan Trejo was outrighted at a AAA and they did get him on a minor league extension, so he's gonna be at, at camp and potentially gonna, you know, earn back a forty man roster spot once guys start hitting the sixty day. But you know, if we have to bring in other guys, you start to wonder who else is gonna be knocked off the forty man to make room for them. Even if it was Jankowski or Grisham or whoever, forty man's full. Somebody's yeah. got to get cut.
1: Yeah, and and really we can work with what thirty eight man roster because Herman and Sensatello will will hit the, will hit the d hit the injured list. But yeah, right now, it would mostly look at minor league contracts because you just don't have room unless you start cutting some pitchers or making some more trades to clear Welcome up space. Back Harold Castro. Yeah, you know, legit. Before we close out this segment. I, bring Cole Tucker back and give him a fair shot at uh, just being a super utility bench piece because you still kind of need, give him and Al Trejo that competition between the two of them to make that 40 man because Cole Tucker in his little bit of big league time with the Rockies last year, he draws walks and had a good year in, in Albuquerque. So bring him back. He's a newlywed. Give him a, give him a wedding present and give him a fair shot. Yeah,
0: I feel like that the Rockies do that so much where they just don't really get. You know who a guy who would be really valuable to have right now? Um, remember Ryan Valade?
1: Yeah.
0: But he's a guy who never really got a fair shot as well.
1: Yeah, like him and Colton Welker. And it's just like, yeah, they, you know, they didn't get a fair shot. But then what little bit they did, you're like,
0: yeah,
1: that's true. I so think Colton
0: Welker is out of the league entirely right
1: now. Yeah, I, I think he is. All I ever see and on Instagram then, is him just hanging out with his lady friend. And then uh, Valade
0: signed a minor league deal with the Detroit Tigers. But who knows what the Rockies will do? This team confuses us constantly. <laughs> um,
1: it, I'll there's... play all three outfield positions. What's your uh, What's your ultimate zone rating? Um, not as good as it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It take a little bit to, to warm up i'm <laughs> i run like wario in the outfield like it, it takes a little while to warm up before my speed gets going you just should ride around on a motorcycle wow i don't think dinger. that i don't think the that's a, i think that's against major league baseball rules
0: dinger has a motorcycle
1: <laughs> it's just, yeah let's have dinger that he's already on the team he's got the motorcycle <laughs> let him play the outfield He can patrol center field. That's the solution to playing center field. They just need a motorcycle. Just don't shout his name really loud if you're cheering for him in the stands. Yeah. Or make sure you enunciate every single letter.
0: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we'll wait and see what the Rockies do on that. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, roll into our next segment. We got a couple other things to talk about. So stick around and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Affected by Altitude with Evan and Skyler. For our non-video watchers, Skyler just stealthily changed
1: his hat. I don't know what you're talking about. I've been wearing this the whole time. Wait, what?
0: (laughs) What's the what's the the the, something they may that may shock and discredit you? I'm not wearing a tie.
1: I'm not wearing a tie at all. Uh, This episode's coming out on Hat Day on January 15th. Live and uh, we're big fans of hats, and so showing off some Rockies hats.
0: Oh, you know who has a really nice new purple hat? Is the Albuquerque Isotopes? Go Topes! They dropped their new uh, professional BP hat the other day, and it
1: mm-hmm. is really nice. I would like them to do a promotional night where they have Simpsons jerseys and just be the Springfield Isotopes for a night. I'm, have they done that? They probably have in their. In their history but then the caveat is that they have to lose terribly
0: i know that um there's been a couple minor league hockey teams that have done isotopes nights no
1: it'd be nice they've got the simpsons statues around the ballpark
0: i got hungry hungry homer dancing out there mm-hmm. uh but moving on into our second segment here Kind of we need to talk about the bullpen, uh, which is something we haven't really discussed a lot this offseason because so yeah. much of our our focus has been on the absolute state of the rotation. Uh and you know the Rockies have made a couple of minor bullpen moves over the offseason so far. We picked up uh Jalen Beaks on waivers from the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Matt Cook was signed to a minor league deal, Ty Block signed to a minor league deal. Uh chance adam assigned to a minor league deal mostly minor league deals uh with the expectation the hope that uh, you know lucas gilbreth is going to be back and healthy next year among some other guys but really the big name that is now gone from the colorado rockies is brent Suter, who just this uh this last week signed a big league contract with the cincinnati reds his hometown team mm-hmm. and What's wild to me is Suter was such a key part of the bullpen and keeping the Rockies from being even worse than they actually than they could have been last year. And we didn't retain him.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: The whole reason why we allegedly did not trade him at the deadline when relievers are always in pretty high demand and the Rockies were we're gutting their bullpen of a lot of veteran relievers, guys on expiring contracts or one-year deals. Brad Hand, Pierce Johnson. We kept Brent Suter, and Brent Suter was was good last year, even pitching at Coors Field, pitching for the Rockies. You probably could have gotten a pretty penny for a guy with a three thirty eight ERA, fip a three forty four. Mm-hmm. And he made fifty seven appearances for the Rockies over sixty nine and a third innings.
1: Yeah, and but, now re- he's gone. <laughs> well, remember, Evan? He said the magic words at the time around the trade deadline.
0: He said that he wanted to be here, and the Rockies said they were interested in keeping him here. And then, of course,
1: neither happens. Do you? Th- do you? Th- <laughs> I'm at a point where I think some of these players just say that because, oh, you know, I think it's annoying for some players. Like they don't want to move mid season, and like I make try to make that adjustment mid season sometimes, and just would rather just stick out a full season with in one place. I don't know if that's the case with Suter, but sometimes it feels like that could be some train of thought of, oh, if I tell the team I want to be here, then they won't trade me. And then I can use that as leverage to get myself a better deal in the offseason. I mean, yeah, I get it, but he didn't even really sign that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It was about wow. what he made this past season. I think it's like one year, $2.5 Yeah, with, with an option
0: for with another. With an option for next year. And, you know, that's that's something that the Rockies could have matched or, you know, you got to pay a little bit of a tax to get pitchers to stay here in Colorado. But Suter was a really valuable clubhouse and bullpen presence as well for a lot of these really young guys. A lot of the the younger guys in the bullpen looked up to him. And, you know, he was also one of the guys who just had a a constantly pretty positive attitude while being just an absolute weirdo out there in the 2023 season. With his Velociraptor impressions and Jim Carrey impressions, walking out to the mound to the tune of the Jurassic Park theme, I wish I could have seen
1: heard that in person.
0: <laughs> that would it have been was amazing. Pretty, it was pretty great, and that's what's so frustrating because this keeps happening. And this is, of course, not to the same scale as as John Gray when it happened. Yeah. But we have a guy who says, "Well, I want to stay here," and the Rockies say, well, "We want you to stay here," and then. That doesn't happen. It doesn't work out. And they sign a completely reasonable deal with another team. And the Cincinnati Reds are making a push. They're signing a lot of guys this offseason. So -hmm. that's really interesting to see. But meanwhile, the Rockies are down. And you look at the bullpen for next year and you wonder what it's going to be like. Because a strong bullpen is a must for the Rockies next year. Especially with a still pretty weak rotation and yeah. this is where again I feel like the Rockies not signing Uwasawa really bites us because Uwasawa has a reputation of being a really quality innings
1: eater. Uh, and also like in Uwasawa's case, maybe the Rockies tried and he just made his decision to go to the Rays. So it's I mean, entirely
0: possible. But but
1: in all cases like if you have the choice between Rockies and the pitching haven that is the Tampa Bay Rays, I know which one I'm gonna pick. <laughs> But here's here's what our bullpen is looking like on roster resource right now. So we've got Justin Lawrence, Tyler Kinley, Daniel Bard, Jake Bird. Uh, Nick Mears is an option. We've got Victor Vodnik as an option. Uh, Jalen Beeks, Gavin Hollowell, another option. Our Rule 5 pick, Anthony Molita, which I'm still not convinced on. What's, no, him picking a, p- picking up somebody in the Rule 5 draft like Molina it's a weird handcuff situation where he's occupying a for a roster spot and they're just kind of locked into it for the year and knowing the Rockies are going to hold on to him unless it's just really bad in spring training so there's that Lucas Gilbreth will be back fairly soon and then beyond that it starts getting like a little bit more un- There's a lot of unproven arms. I think Evan Justice is in that mix. You've got a uh, man. There's a lot of guys on here. <laughs> Riley Pint potentially. Chance Adams was signed. Uh, so another you no know, veteran guy that was with AAA last year. Dugan Darnell is in that uh in that uh depth area. So there's a lot of these random throughout their whole system but that bullpen it seems like they're just gonna try to go with that homegrown approach of oh here's our guys that are mostly homegrown which i don't know if that's the best option because no not all the arms are created equal there are there are some that aren't as good as maybe some free agents or like maybe even bringing back suitor would have been
0: yeah and it's tough because there are so many unknowns. And and granted, down in, in AA and AAA, there's a lot more closer to big league-ready relief depth than there is starting pitcher depth right yeah. now. And you have guys who made their big league debuts last year, like Victor Vodnik, Evan Justice. Victor Vodnik, I'm very high on. I think he can have a great season. Evan Justice has incredible stuff, but it was clearly in need of a little bit of fine-tuning, really struggled with uh, big league work last year. But then we also have the situation of, well, what's up with Daniel Bard, who just struggled so much last year. And we don't really know what his situation is going to be like going into, I think, next year is the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. We don't really have a set closer. Justin Lawrence was a closer for a while. We've had a we had a bunch of different people wear the closer hat last year. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be probably Justin Lawrence's job to lose going into spring training. But then you've also got guys like Gilly who are looking to show that he can come back. And it's, it's, it's a really odd situation that we're, that we're in right now. And it is mostly homegrown arms. And I'm really curious to see how it works out. The, I I do like the minor league signings. I think, you know, chance Adams, at least having him as a depth piece. I really like bringing back Matt cook. Um, I was very, very uh, fond of him for his work in the 2023 season, but there are so many question marks just is Tyler Kinley going to be able to stay healthy? What is, um, excuse me, what is uh, Lucas Gilbert going to look like coming off of his surgery? You know, Jake bird was our iron man last year. Is he going to be able to put on that hat again? Hopefully we're not going to have him pitch nearly as many innings because (laughs) my goodness, Um, You know, Gavin Hollowell is is another great option. Are we going to have Carl Kaufman continue to work out of the bullpen or try and move him back to starter? Are, you know, you brought up Anthony Molina of, you know, they they want him starting as a long reliever and then potentially transitioning into a starter later in the season. How's that going to work out? It's just for a team that had to rely so much on the bullpen last year, one of the most used bullpens in all of baseball, Mm -hmm. I don't like having that many question marks.
1: Yeah, and especially with so many question marks still around your starting rotation, it's (laughs) the reason they were able to survive those first couple of months or like most of the season was, yeah, like you said, because of the bullpen eating so many innings that then hurt them later in the year because the bullpen was burned out. And then when you're running out roughly the same group in the next season, with a slightly different starting rotation, is it going to make a difference? And you no, know, you need relievers in today's game. And you know, relievers is that area where I'm okay if you bring in free agents. Like they did it with last year, Brad Hand and Pierce Johnson. I was fine with both of those guys being added into the bullpen. And then when they needed to, they traded them. You know, along with Brent Suter was another guy that they brought in. Like, all good moves. And it's that same type of thing. I'll always take bullpens. One of those areas where I want a little bit more veteran variety in there. You need that good mix where, yeah, you can have some of those good rookies. But even then, like you can't bank on relievers year to year. (laughs) Like you can a lot of other other positions because relievers are so volatile.
0: Yeah, and I I agree with you that the the bullpen is one of those where you take risks with free agency because, you know, if you're doing one year deals like the Rockies did last year, you can either trade them or you can find a a real gem. I look at the San Diego Padres who picked up, you know, two uh, players out of Asia for their bullpens who really good late innings guys for their respective leagues. Uh, they picked up Yuki Matsui from the NPB and then uh, Wusuk Go from the um, Korean baseball organization. And those are two, you know, they they could be a little risky, but they're, they're not actually shelling out that much in terms of money for them. Yeah. And it couldn't end up being a really amazing addition. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, the Rockies could be doing that as well. Mm -hmm. And I think I do think a lot of it still has to do with the fact that the TV situation is still so up in the air. Mm -hmm. We are we are still waiting for an announcement on what's going on with the TV situation. Um, You know, both Drew Goodman and Ryan Spielborgs have both said that they don't know and that they're still waiting to hear on what's going on for next year. So it's tough because that's, you know. If there's going to be a new deal negotiated, like if it's with Altitude, then there's some money that's coming in. But if it's going to be on, you know, MLB TV or whatever, it's not the it's not the same. And I think that's really handcuffed the Rockies this year who normally have a a pretty decent payroll. But losing such a big source of income is is not ideal in any situation.
1: Yeah. And looking at free agents still available, there's still a lot of interesting relief arms some good some bad some in between uh evan for consolation you could go sign shintaro fujinami you know
0: i don't hate it honestly he just had a rough year last year he had he had ups and downs um he was a lot better in baltimore than he was in oakland Mm -hmm. frankly it was it was a little bizarre that Oakland signed him to begin with, especially when they were very openly tanking. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're you're right in that there are still a lot of relievers available. I'm still perfectly, I would still be perfectly okay with bringing in, say, Adam mm-hmm. Uh bringing him back on a one two year deal, something like that, because he's shown that he can navigate Coors Field and would be a pretty good veteran presence in that in that bullpen. Yeah. But you know this is the Rockies. You never really know what they're going to do. Yeah. Maybe they'll sign Brad hand again.
1: Yeah. Or here's a, here's an interesting one. This would be a flyer, kind of a Daniel Bard, almost type of situation. Re- signed drew Pomeranz. He's 34. He's gone through a hard rehab process to clean out junk in his elbow and get back healthy. So he's la- missed the last couple years, but, at least as of back in August, saying he had no retirement plans yet. So if he hasn't planned to retire yet, or if he hasn't retired yet, it's a perfect minor league signing right there. And, or, and know, l- bring it full circle and give Drew Pomeranz a, a legit chance with the Rockies, unlike when they rushed him to the big leagues to try and make up for the Obaldo Jimenez trade. And then we turned him know. into Brett Anderson, who pitched two games for us and then broke his finger.
0: Or, you know, the Rockies love guys from Colorado. You know, who's a free agent is the almost 39-year-old Mark Melanson.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Eh. With his quarter slot nostrils.
0: There's, or, hey, also a free agent, Brian Shaw.
1: No, we've been there, done that. (laughs) (laughs) Listener, go back, listen to what we said about Ryan Tapia, but then just replace Tapia with Brian Shaw. Been yeah, there, but there's,
0: there, there's enough time and there's still plenty of arms available that I think once the TV situation gets sorted where we might see the Rockies get a little bit more active, I really hope they have it sorted out soon considering spring training is in a month and a half and pitchers and catchers report in about a month. Um, but yeah, a lot of question marks up in the air for the bullpen right now. All we can really do is is sort of wait and see. Hope um, and pray. That wait, they're... see, hope, pray. But uh, for now, we're going to take a, another quick ad break. And when we get back, we'll round things out with the uh, arbitration deadline stuff. Woo! So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to affected by altitude for this third and final segment of our show this week. I'm Evan. This is Skylar. Once again, wearing a different hat.
1: Mm -hmm. Tell us about this hat, Skylar old Rocky's hat. I don't know where it came from. Might've been my brother Dustin's.
0: I've got, I've got it hanging up on my wall is my oldest Rocky's hat. That is very worse for wear. It's dirty. It's beaten up, but I, I still love it very much. I remember, when I was broken in college, I was still wearing it all the time and I left it behind at a restaurant and I was very upset and I was very happy that it was still there. When I went back to go get it. Hat day, hat Mm -hmm. day. Everybody loves hats. But our last segment here, we're we're going to start with the fact that the uh, arbitration deadline has come and gone. And the Rockies had, what, five players that they needed to come to terms
1: with for this arbitration deadline? It, yeah, it was six in total with uh, Jalen Beeks, Cal Quantrill, uh, and then Lucas Gilbert, Pierre Lambert, Austin Gomber, and Brendan Rogers. So that's six. Does that count the, right? And the...
0: The Rockies successfully came to terms with everybody. Uh, Cal Quantrill, I believe, ended up being the highest dollar amount at about $6.5 million for arbitration settlement. Um, everyone else was pretty much in line with what we were expecting them to get. So, you know, the Rockies did a good job at just getting everybody locked up. And it's it shows the state of this current team as well, that there were only about, you know, five, six guys that you needed to potentially bring to arbitration. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad that we just had a, a drama-free, okay, everybody is signed, it's all taken care of, let's move on, uh, arbitration period.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's nice because you know, it's one thing important. A lot of these guys didn't cost much. They, they all signed for about what was projected for them. Does Quantrill, yeah, 6.55 million. Rogers comes in at 3.2. Gomber at 3.15. Uh, let's see, Lambert at $1.25 million, which still seems crazy because Lambert hasn't done much at all in his career with the Rockies. And it, the skew of baseball, like when you look at one point two, million, yeah, that's pretty cheap. But then I think, that's more money than I'll ever see in my life. <laughs> 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 and then uh, Lucas Gilbreth, about 760 uh, k So a little bit a lot of, somewhere above league minimum. He gets that little, little pay bump, but yeah. So, oh, no, not awful for everybody, but yeah, good for them.
0: Basically our current our current payroll sitting at around 131, uh, 131 million dollars. Um, the only deferred salaries and retained salaries. We're still paying, uh Vinny castilla about a hundred thousand bucks a year um mm-hmm. and then i believe i think this year is the last year that we have Nolan Arenado not on the books he's getting paid about five million
1: it's a couple years i think still it's like but, this year and next year maybe maybe a year after that
0: but five million is really not that much in the grand scheme of things and again like you said it's more money than we will ever see in our entire lives but you look at sports payrolls and go yeah it's not that bad
1: yeah, one point two five. Oh, yeah, not too What's, bad.
0: What a steal.
1: <laughs> like that's uh, pretty cheap. I'm like, oh even like have, Lucas Gilbreth says like, yeah, I'll never see that money.
0: Yeah. And then you also have the weirdness of just how arbitration and age it's in. Jalen Beeks is thirty years old and he's uh-huh. just now hitting ARB three with that one point six seven five million dollars. Uh, but then you have, you know, Brendan Rodgers, who's in ARB two and he got the, you know, the three point two million. The yeah. The front end of our payroll is pretty heavy. Uh, Chris Bryant is locked in at a whopping $28 million. Uh, Kyle Freeland is being paid $15 million. Charlie Blackman, 13. Ryan McMahon and Antonio Cinzatella, 12 each. And Airman at $10 million after that contract readjustment. And then the highest paid bullpen guy is Daniel Bard, who is making uh, $9.5 million. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot considering his performance last year. And I love Daniel Bard, but
1: Man, we should have traded him when we had the chance. <laughs> very much so.
0: We could have given him a chance to like try and win a ring somewhere. And you know, right now is unfortunately the, the the part that all pitchers deal with is they start getting old and they start to decline. But we're just paying a lot of money for that right now. Yeah.
1: And so yeah, looking at roster resource, about 144 million estimated payroll right now with everything and i think that includes no it doesn't so yeah just about everything overall we're paying jose arena five hundred thousand dollars hey good for him it was the money due for his buyout uh but and then there's all the so overall our estimated luxury tax with everything uh about 158 million so plenty of room to grow <laughs> But again, like you said, there's the TV money, other stuff to figure out. And even though the Rockies could likely afford to toss in some more money from the pot without using television as an excuse.
0: Yeah, but it would also be nice if Chris Bryant wasn't taking up almost 20% of our total
1: payroll. Yeah. Or also not paying Kyle Freeland $15 million. We love Kyle Freeland, but that's a lot of money for a pitcher that has not been very good when he even when he signed that contract. Yeah. Hasn't been well, lights out what we wanted.
0: I mean, but then it's the same for, you know, we got to pay both airman and Senzi this year, you know, over 10 million dollars each yeah. and neither of them are are likely to even pitch this year. Yeah. <sighs> so that just that just makes things even harder with the with the TV situation and not having that additional money at your disposal. But man, it really just does show how much that um, that Chris Bryant contract really is hamstringing the Rockies right now. And I like Chris Bryant, I do. But
1: hey, at least we're not paying Todd Helton anymore. Last oh, year was, was his, last year was last year last was, the,
0: was the final day. That's the thing is, a lot of people like a lot of t- people make fun of like Bobby Bonilla Day and and payment deferrals. Payment deferrals are pretty normal. In the grand scheme of things, every team defers some salary. Like we're still paying Vinny, we were paying Todd until last year. It's when they get to extremes like, like Bobby, Bobby Bonilla. Bonilla or now Shohei Otani, who will take over for Bobby Bonilla. Or now, Bonilla day is complete.
1: Also, Teoscar Hernandez day.
0: But that the amount of money they're deferring is, yeah. is I would argue, not quite the same. But the fact that they're deferring that much of his salary on a one-year deal is, yeah. And then there are uh, apparently the was it the governor of California or or some some senator in, the in state California. of California who wants to push to end contract deferrals. Yeah, probably a probably
1: a Giants fan. Yeah, gotta stop those tax breaks.
0: But. It's, it's when it gets ridiculous that then it's like, okay, now we can make fun of this.
1: Yeah, how, can we restructure Daniel Bart's contract and just defer all that money?
0: Or something. Heck, wasn't Ken Griffey Jr. one of the still highest paid members of the Cincinnati Reds last year?
1: Yeah, it was like him and Mike Moustakis were among the top <laughs> of the highest paid players last year. Or like but how that's... Chris Davis is still like one of the highest paid players on the Orioles oh man that's such a bummer
0: I liked Chris Davis a lot
1: if only he could hit
0: I mean he could for a little bit and then he couldn't
1: mm-hmm. he got all that money and he's like oh I can stop hitting now
0: well I think a big part of it was wasn't it that the league said that he was no longer allowed to take his ADHD medication if he was going to continue to play professional baseball mm-hmm. um But yeah, that's sort of the state of the Rockies payroll right now. uh, Now that arbitration is done, like we said earlier, all we can really do is wait and see because we have to see how TV is going to shake out. And, you know, the Rockies always do another flurry of minor league and probably some big league signings a little bit closer to spring training or even during camp. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, just keep, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep you updated through all of this, but for sort of close things out, we'll switch to something a little bit more fun. Is that uh, MLB.com released some predictions of World Series winners in the future?
1: Yeah, I don't, they're <laughs> you know, the off-season's slow when they just start throwing out, hey, we're just gonna randomly pick some stuff because we definitely don't do that. I mean, shift still... eyes from side design. <laughs> it's still
0: pretty fun. I'm trying to find the chart because they went up through 2033 uh, in terms of who they have listed as being potential world series winners. And here we go. Uh, So next year in 2024 or this coming season, they predict the Atlanta Braves versus the Baltimore Orioles with the Braves winning And then uh, 2025, they predict... like So some of these are kind of normal. You know, the the Orioles, they had a really good season last year, even though they potentially overperformed, and it looks like they're starting to get more set up to be actual contenders. Uh, 2025, another, you know, pretty reasonable setup. It's the Los Angeles Dodgers versus the Toronto Blue Jays with the Dodgers coming out on top, which, gross. In 2026, the... Is that... 40 years, the 40-year anniversary of the Mets winning their last World Series. They have the Mets finally winning another World Series over the New York Yankees. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2027, they have the Orioles over the Dodgers, which um, that would make me laugh. And then Mm -hmm. here's where they start to get a little weird with it. 2028, the Seattle Mariners will beat the Arizona Diamondbacks. 2029, the Pittsburgh Pirates will beat the Baltimore Orioles. In 2030, the Tigers will go to the World Series but lose to the Phillies. In 31, the Cubs will beat the Red Sox. Then immediately, in the next year, the Cubs will lose to the Yankees. And then here's the big one. In 2033, the battle of two not particularly well-liked owners in Major League Baseball. It's Dick Monfort and the Colorado Rockies versus Artie Moreno and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim with Get the, Colorado, the Colorado Rockies coming out on top.
1: Get your World Series 2033 Champions tattoos right now.
0: You heard it on MLB.com, folks. <laughs> it's set in stone. In 2033, the Rockies are winning the World Series over the Angels.
1: This is Will Leitch, Leitch over on MLB.com in his article. And hey, he did this like 10 years ago and predicted the next 10. Oh, never mind. Oh, he did this three years ago and noted the past 10 winners. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these get a little wild, but how are we feeling about 2033? I'm almost it. 40 years old. Please, I'll be,
0: I'll be older than you still, so I don't want to hear it this spring chicken over here while i'm, mm. you, know, I'm you can't I'm, I'm trying to like be like my oh, neck is I've in got, a constant i've state got of my pain. cane my neck hurts and i mean my neck does hurt but you know welcome to being over the age of 30. you'll get there <laughs> too Skylar.
1: but uh i'll read you this blurb here on the article it says how old have you gotten oh, we've already answered that here's how <laughs> old you've gotten The Rockies franchise, as well as the Marlins franchise, will turn 40 years old this year. That's how old the Mets and Astros were in 2002. The Rockies have only made one World Series appearance in their existence, and they haven't won a single World Series game. This might be the most bold prediction on this board, but hey, it's got to be the Rockies' time at some point. Yeah, pretty much. At some point, it has to be, right? The stars have to align at some point. Who is in charge of the Rockies in 2033? Is Sterling Monfort atop the throne?
0: How old is Dick
1: Monfort right now? Uh, I don't know. Let's find out. Will he be preserved in ice like Walt Disney? Yeah, they're going to put his brain in a robot body. <laughs> Robo Monfort. Uh, I so believe we can play 500 ball. Didn't we make this joke last week, too? probably
0: <laughs> i think we made this exact <laughs> at
1: same, some point you
0: know, including one of us doing the robot
1: voice.
0: uh so please enjoy
1: the rooftop it's a fun bar at coors Field.
0: it is pretty great i do like the rooftop uh so dick montford is 69
1: years old so he'll be 80
0: You know, honestly, I do think it's possible that at that point he would have handed the reins over to either Sterling or Walker Monfort. Now, the real question is, will the Rockies have hired a president of baseball operations at that point? No. The second question is, in 2033, how many people will be in the team's analytics department? Mm,
1: Three. Will Bud Black still be managing the team? will Be 70 something. How many, uh,
0: how many one year extensions has he gotten through
1: that? He gets one every year, <laughs> it comes in like a Christmas card. Um, I don't
0: you know, I think Bob will be long retired since then. Yeah, our new manager
1: will be uh, Charlie. How, many, how many MVPs has Zachavine won? 84. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> How is he winning 84 in 10 years
0: he's winning the mvp in every league in he's both winning, leagues he's he's that good that they gave him both the american league and national league mvps he's winning and he's the, winning all the minor league mvps the kbo and, and npb when he, he basically plays every game at the end of every game he gets on a plane to go to his next location <laughs> and then during the offseason he's winning
1: all the mvps in puerto rico Oh, goodness. Oh, man. yeah, it'd be. It's going to be interesting to see. It's just fun to think, like, wondering, like, how is this roster going to, what's this roster going to look like in 10 years type of thing? What things have transpired? And, man, I hope we can get on that path where we can win it in 10 years. I'd like to win it sooner. But even just winning it at all is the consolation prize that we're looking at right now
0: what you've got to hope for if you think about the rockies 10 years from now is that there is there are at least two established Rockies star players that have been there the whole time like yeah. has ezekiel tovar been a rocky that entire time has nolan jones been a rocky that entire time heck in 10 years Tovar's only 32 years old yeah and jones will be about 35.
1: yeah or like, what what is Zach Veen doing? Have we made what does our rotation look like? Has Gabriel Hughes, Chase Dolander, any other draft picks we've gotten have guys shown up and helped build us along that path to contending? Have we changed? Like maybe Sterling Monfort does take over as like head hunter becomes president of baseball. Maybe he does things completely different. Realizes I cannot live the sins of the father, and goes his own path to reshape the thing. Seriously, if that dude came and did that, that'd be really nice. Now, has there been any indication of that? Uh, So far as director of scouting, not really. But there's always a chance. Maybe he gets visited by three ghosts and they're like, don't be like him don't sign
0: ian desmond to a five-year 70 million dollar contract stop
1: signing ground ball pitchers all the time
0: veteranosity is not an established and measurable (laughs) metric computers
1: aren't the devil hey
0: dick moffert loves computers he sends all that stuff from his (laughs) ipad
1: sends from his ipad stop sending emails when you're bored (laughs)
0: I think another really curious question. You know, we we're talking about pitching Gabriel Hughes and all that. Do the Rockies finally have a Cy Young winner by twenty thirty three?
1: Nope. Just like how I don't think they'll have an MVP in that time either. Silver sluggers, gold glovers. Absolutely MVP. Somebody's really gonna have to ball out. If Nolan Arenado could never win one in Colorado. Two, if Larry Walker is the only one in the history of the team to finally to actually get one, like I don't think we're getting.
0: Todd Helton was robbed.
1: Yeah, the fact Matt Matt Holiday that Holiday came close in two thousand. There's so least. many in the nineties too that Ellis Burks should have had one. Maybe Vinny Castilla could have had one. Dante Bichette, like all the entire Blake Street Bombers could have probably had one. But Coors. Oh, they play their Coors Field product,
0: but they were really good on the road. Yeah, but they were also really good at home. Isn't isn't that good? Like, don't you know that the splits
1: were too big? They were too good at home.
0: And that is Skyler's amazing impression of an East Coast
1: baseball writer. I I don't like Coors Field, and I don't like my, the letter R. I'm voting for Chase Utley. Yeah. Uh, hey uh, Side note, before we close out here, because uh, Hall of Fame voting, it's getting close. We're, oh, man, by the next episode, we'll be on the eve of knowing what happened. We're getting close to being on the eve when this the next episode comes out. So. Oh, you're it's right. It's like January 23rd or so is when the announcement is. So it's like, I believe Tuesday. it
0: is January 23rd. Oh, so that is... we
1: may have a special episode that gets added in during that week.
0: Imagine so Rocky's Fest is then on the 27th. Imagine the atmosphere at Rocky's Fest if Todd Helden is in.
1: Mm-hmm. Be good. But uh, there's the one, like Boston Globe writers, they dropped their batch. And, like, for the most part, like a lot of those people, okay ballots, like a lot of them had Todd Helton on it, but there's the one dude on there thing, and just a little blurb at the end and he's like no no, thanks to Helton a creation of Coors Field in parentheses, and also like Billy Wagner, no thanks to closers unless they are Mariano Rivera or Goose Gossage like he voted for very few people but uh, stop using all of his other like, the fellow writers there, they're like, yeah, Todd Hilton. Like, he looked at his stats, like, incredible. Notable for the Rockies, did all this good stuff. But then you get this old fogey in there. No one needs a creation of Coors Field. Um, do your homework, people. Yeah. Be educated. Wake learn. up, sheeple. You gotta <laughs> Stop learn. following that bias. That East Coast bias. Yeah. Look at you, John Heyman. If he, he misses by three votes, Evan, we riot.
0: Especially because he lost three. Yeah. He's sitting in a net zero because three people dropped him off of their ballot without explanation. And then three people have added him. On the bright side, like we've discussed, pretty much every brand new voter is voting for Todd Heldon.
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. Goodness it's gonna gracious. be it's gonna be razor thin, I it's think.
0: It's gonna be very close um and all we can do is is sit and sit and wait and see. I think at last check he was sitting at like 82% something it's like, like
1: 82, that. 82, 83%. He's like right under with Joe he's like running right alongside Joe Mauer. Which
0: I love Joe Mauer, but if Joe Mauer gets in first ballot and
1: Todd Helton it took him this long.
0: I it's so frustrating to me.
1: Yep, but see Joe Mauer didn't play at Coors Field, so There you go. <laughs>
0: Well, on that note, I think that's going to about do it for us here on Affected by Altitude. Thank you so much for listening. Skyler. how about you tell the folks where they can find
1: you at? Um, uh, How about we ask robot Dick Monfort to do it? Must be, though. uh, No, never mind. He's he's powered down. He's plugged in. Uh, We could always have Mark Wahlberg make an appearance again. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while for him, but you can find me. Find me on Twitter. Hey, you can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter. Why do they call it X? It's stupid. How you doing, donkey? Anyways, um, (laughs) (laughs) find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at sideline underscore crowd. And write in Wednesday Rock Piles. And you can find me at fansforsports.com, writing baseball stuff. Uh, Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's rushed. I do my best. It's hard to come up with ideas every day. But hey, we do it, and we appreciate people tuning in.
0: Yes, thank you very much for always tuning in. As always, we found on your podcasting platform of choice. Feel free to leave a you know review, five stars if you feel like it, or comments wherever you are able to. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I will never refer to it as X uh, at Evan underscore Twitter. Lang two seven. I'm the same on Threads. Um, Over on Blue Sky, it's evanlang27.bsky.social. Catch me over at purpleroad.com doing the Thursday Rock Piles. And you can always follow us here on Rocky Mountain Rooftop on both Twitter and the YouTubes at Rocky Mountain Rooftop. That's at R O C K Y M T N Rooftop. Once again, thank you so much for listening. I'm Evan. This is Skylar. And Skylar, hit him with it. Uh,
1: Take it over, Robo Dick Monfort. Fair where error error error. And then he falls down the stairs like Ed two oh nine. Yep, we made that joke too. We're <laughs> <laughs> digging out the classics. Tune in next week when we have the same exact jokes <laughs>